Welcome to Unbossed. I am so glad that you are here. Do you know who else I'm glad is here? John. John <laughs> Adarola. How you doing, baby? I'm good. Uh, however glad you might be, I am at least twice as hyped. Very excited to be here on the second ever Unbossed and to have a front row seat is very, very exciting. Yes, and we have been on your show many a time. I want to encourage people mm -hmm. to check out the damage report on TYT, where you can maybe get your own dragon name. I know I have a nice <laughs> dragon name. I won't tell them what your dragon name is, but I, I like mine. And I got this from one of the viewers when I was being interviewed by you or co-hosting with you, Black Black Pearl Dragon. I love it. It's a great I name. It's, it's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to our, yesterday we had a chance to talk about Brittany Griner. As all of you know, I am going to continue to lift her up. I hope that you all will join me in lifting her up and supporting her family. Today is her birthday. Brittany is 32 years old and she is spending that birthday behind bars in a Russian prison. This is wrong, you know that she was put in prison for cannabis oil. That should not have happened. Brittany's wife, Sherelle, is calling on her supporters to continue sending support on social media. So please, please, please lift this family up any way that you can. But her wife is asking for you to lift her up on social media by using the hashtag WeAreBG. G. Again, the hashtag is we are BG, that B and that G obviously stands for Brittany Griner. And the hashtag bring them home, hashtag bring them home. And Griner again was sentenced to nine years in prison in August. And there is a hearing next week as she is seeking an appeal. So please, whatever you do, do not forget Brittany Griner and her family. Happy birthday. Brittany, and we are sure the best present you can get right now is to be able to come home. So we are lifting you up in prayer, and we will definitely continue to talk about your plight. Uh, WTF, neoliberals, America, we have a problem. WTF, neoliberals. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. I just love that, John. I, I can see the <laughs> smile so on good. your face. About so good. This, this segment is, is quite something. So there is Jen Psaki put out a tweet today that I found very interesting. And let's let's place that on the screen. Holy moly, he said. Cinna slash the NYT, the New York Times poll, more than a third of independent voters and a smaller but noteworthy contingent of Democrats said they were open to supporting candidates who reject the legitimacy of the 2020 election as they focus on economic issues. I'm just saying this is a WTF neoliberal moment for both the small contingent of Democrats, but the independent voters. I'm really feeling very much like I am in the twilight zone and I'm having an unholy, this is definitely unholy hell. So voters see democracy in peril, but saving it isn't a priority. And so this New York Times Senna College poll found that other problems have seized voters' focus, even as many do not trust this year's election results. 
and are open to anti-democratic candidates. Now, voters overwhelmingly believe that Americans and the American democracy is in trouble. They believe that it's under threat, but seem remarkably apathetic about the danger, with few calling it the nation's most pressing problem, according to a New York Times and the Sena College poll. Very troubling. More than a third of independent voters and a smaller but noteworthy contingent of Democrats said they were open to supporting candidates who reject the legitimacy of the 2020 election as they assigned greater urgency to their concerns about the economy than the fears about the fate of the country's political system. And that's Bender at all coming from the New York Times. Let's put up this graphic, shall we? In the graphic, voters who are open to candidates who reject 2020 election results. And you see that right there live and in living color, the number of Democrats, the number of independents, and the number of voters who are willing to elect, select, accept folks who are running, candidates who are running who do not believe in the final results of the 2020 elections. Uh, the doubts about elections that have infected the American politics since the 2020 election cycle. We know that there's a lot of that hype coming from the Republican side in particular, but we can see very clearly the 2020 contest is still very persistent and has a impact on how people are feeling about the future. The poll showed this, 28% of all voters, including 41% of Republicans said they had little to no faith in the accuracy of this year's midterm election. So that spillover is real. And now we have Ben Johnson, who is a Democrat. He is, I think, 33 years old. He's a filmmaker. And this is what he had to say when interviewed. I do agree that the biggest threat is the survival of our democracy, but it's the divisiveness that is creating this threat. I feel like on both sides, people aren't agreeing on facts anymore. We can't meet in the middle if we can't agree on simple facts. You're not going to be able to move forward and continue as a country if you can't agree on the facts. Word, Ben Johnson, that is in fact a word. And I do very much agree with him, John, in terms of agreeing on the facts. There is a saying that we all can have our own opinion. But we cannot have our own set of facts. John? I agree. Although, and maybe he went into it in greater depth after that. It, it sounded like he was sort of saying that both sides share that problem. I mean, I guess if two sides can't agree, then it is a problem of both sides. But I don't know that if both sides are equally contributing to the problem. I mean, if you believe that everyone that you disagree with politically is a satanic pedophile who literally cannibalizes children, and I disagree with that. Technically, we just are in a disagreement, but I feel like I'm on the right side of that. And I don't want to speak for him. I don't know that particular voter. But I do agree at the end of the day that while I don't believe both sides share blame on which facts we don't agree on, that it is an issue that so many people just automatically assume that the election is going to be fraudulent in the complete absence of any evidence about that. And this is the sort of issue that really I think gets you coming and going. Like I don't like either side of this. I don't like that people acknowledge that democracy is in threat, but don't actually prioritize defending it. 
But even more so, if you are gonna ignore that to focus on something else, the idea that you would focus on the economy and come away from that focus believing that the Republicans have your best interests at heart, that is utter madness. And so I don't like any part of this. There it is, and there is an intersection, if you will, a connection between the angst or the anxiety that voters are feeling right now about the economy and who they elect. And John, I think that is the missing part here. And you're right, I mean, his perspective of it does seem as though he's saying it's on both sides, but maybe, just maybe he means both sides in terms of just agreeing on the facts. That's what I sure. hope. He is saying because the brunt of this is certainly on the Republican side, and they are the ones that have been very successful with this red heron in terms of convincing voters that somehow there's something wrong with the voting, the system itself. And you know, people's doubt and concern about institutions. I mean, we're seeing that bleed into this year's midterms, and I believe that the poll also indicated that this is not going to change anytime soon, John, that, that people are holding on to the misnomer that somehow there was something corrupting about the 2020 elections, that somebody cheated, that President Biden is not legitimately elected. And in that, the Republicans won on that narrative, unfortunately. And as this poll shows, they're still winning. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I think that, for most, it's a very common human trait, and particularly in difficult times, which we're very much in, to just want to have get out of thinking free cards. Like to have something that you accept that means that you don't have to think critically in the future because there's already so many strains. And so um, that's why QAnon is spread so quickly. If you can convince people that everyone that you disagree with doesn't just have different positions that you might have to debate back and forth, but they're in fact in league with Asmodeus, the Lord of Hell. If you can convince them of that, then you don't have to consider the feelings of those people because they're servants of the devil. And in the same way, if you can convince people that no politician they support has ever legitimately lost an election, you never have to think about why they lost, how could they have done better? Maybe if Trump had taken COVID more seriously, he would have won in 2020. That's a complex process of self analysis that a lot of people have no room in their head for. And so it's just simpler to believe that everyone good in the world, those are the people you agree with, they've been robbed of everything that they deserved. And everyone on the other side, if they do have any success, even politically, it's because they stole it. There's always going to be some percentage of the supporters of a candidate who won't accept that they legitimately lost. The thing about this that is different is that it's this, I think, critical mass. And that is, as you pointed out, proved to be very durable. This isn't a thing where 5% of the base talked about it for a month. We're a year and a half in and a significant portion of the country believes all this nonsense. That's right, it is enduring and to see independent voters and some Democratic voters, it is very telling. And the Democrats have to definitely do a better job of fighting back and fighting hard against the lies and the half, it's not even half truths. I mean, they just flat out line, the Republicans are. And that's what they wanna do. They wanna shake people's faith in institution. That is their playbook. And for now, they are winning, John. And so we gotta continue to push back on that. And we need elected folks, actively elected folks, push back on this as well. They need to go ham on the, on the Republicans with all these lies. Cause, and, and the reason why this is a WTF neoliberal because we, I mean, the Democrats and the independent voters, oh yeah.
some yep. Democrats, we got a problem. Uh, in another episode of a WTF neoliberal, let's go to LA, Los Angeles, California. Will you travel there with John and I? Yes. <laughs> Update on the LA City Council. So last week, former council president Nuri Martinez was forced to resign because over some remarks that she made, some very not just racist remarks. Racism is one thing, let's deal with it in all of its forms. But her remarks were both racist and anti black. Let's put an exclamation point on that and let's bold that thing both racist and anti-black. And she made comments about one of her colleagues, sons, his black son, and that was Councilman Mike Bowen. So let's play the tape. For MLK, for the parade that Herb used to organize and we need all the council who wanted to join Herb on the flow, because he used to do a whole photo to be nice. Bonnie would be like, hey, Nuri, are you going to the MLK? Well, Herb invited me, yeah, I'll go. Okay, I'm bringing whatever the kid's name is. I'm like, it's like the oddest thing. It's like black and brown on this float. And then there's this there's white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. Este niño has no, he's, they're not Bounties. doing that. Yeah, no, they're not doing, the kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the float, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. And I'm just like, oh my God. The black kid misbehaved, John. And mm-hmm. yeah, the whole monkey thing. This is a little kid, and this is what this woman is called in a meeting saying. And it is not, it's very disheartening. So I'm glad that she's gone. She was resisting, resigning. She did resign her post originally as the president of the LA City Council. And because of the pressure, she ended up having to resign from her council position altogether. Let's put up this headline, Los Angeles politicians to lose committee positions over race scandal. So the head of the Los Angeles City Council stripped two members, the new head of that city council stripped two members of much of their power on Monday to pressure them to resign for participating in a private meeting in which they did not object to a colleague, that colleague being former councilwoman Nuri Martinez. They did not reject to a colleague's crude and racist remarks. Let me remind you, not only racist, but anti-black. And at the time joined in the offensive banter. Acting Council President Mitch O'Farrell removed Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon from committee chairmanships and and assignments and named them instead to a board that rarely meets as he turned up the heat on the veteran Democratic politicians. Underscore, underline, this is why this is a WTF neoliberal. Because sometimes, John, when we talk about racism and anti-blackness, We often only talk about what the Republicans are doing and saying, but this is a reminder that racism and anti-blackness is not only a trait and a mechanism used by Republicans, it is also used by Democrats as well. And being on the city council in LA, baby, the diversity is big, the council is big, the responsibility is big, but yet we overheard the councilwoman with her colleague talking all kinds of smack. And I'm trying to keep the show PG, John, <laughs> I want to say a whole lot of other things. 
So these members, and this is what the acting council president had to say about these members. He said, quote, these members have lost all credibility and all standing. And that again is acting council president Mitch O'Farrell's. That is his assessment, his frame about all of these council members as he put puts the pressure on the other two to resign. Uh, the leaked recording of the three powerful politicians discussing with a labor leader how to maintain their grip on power and expand Latino influence in the city has plunged the council into chaos as angry protesters shut down meetings last week. The recordings have has also derailed their personal ambition and that point is made because once they're taken off, they have been taken off these committees. So they really do not have a whole lot of influence in this particular moment. John? Yeah, yeah, they don't, although we should definitely stick a pin in that because the strategy in this sort of case, if a story like this even gets big enough that you really feel the pressure that you might have to step down is is always to delay as much as possible. And we've seen that go through multiple phases. So initially, Nori sort of just wanted to disappear for a weekend. Yes. And then even, the, the but the thankfully the protests continued, the pressure continued. And then she resigned from her leadership position. But not from office actually, and that was supposed to be like you throw that out and then uh, am I not merciful now back off. But it wasn't enough and they kept pushing and they kept pushing. And so now she's out for now. But I think that the the like the, the, the bet is on how long the memory will last, how long the pressure will continue. So you've resigned, resigned from your position, that's obviously not ideal, that's not what you want. But can you come back in six months? Can you come back in two years? Can you run for some other position? Their ambitions have definitely been as that article describes derailed. But at some point, even with the worst train wreck, they can eventually get it back on the rails. The question is gonna be, will the Democratic Party either in LA or in California embrace them once again, trying to whitewash away their racism? Will the voters have forgotten or will that pressure be there? when they try to run again. Because I, I sincerely doubt that neither Nori or these others, if they eventually resign, are just done with politics and they're gonna go become an accountant or something. These people almost never give up once they've got their teeth in power. Yeah, you are so right, John, on those points. Unfortunately, we will continue to watch. And oftentimes, especially when the transgression is against African Americans, people tend to have very short memories, very short attention spans. So yeah, this remains to be seen. But I hope the other two are pressured to leave. Uh, don't let Nori Martinez be the only one to have that kind of fun. The other two have to go too. So to the protesters, to the people who are standing up for justice, I want y'all to keep the pressure on them. Keep the heat on them, baby, like you are right now. And speaking of heat, we got more to bring after this break. And welcome back. Hot, 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 that's what John and I bring. Let's uh, read <laughs> some of the comments from our viewers, shall we? Lynn says, I was unable to watch this show yesterday, but so glad I'm here today, especially because Dragon Daddy <laughs> we got to is it. in the house with the noble <laughs> Nina. Now see, John, I promised you I, w I, wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do that to you, and I did I not. I know, you tried, Lynn, you tried. Lynn did it. I'm Noble Nina and you are Dragon Daddy. <laughs> I like it. I like yours slightly more, but I'll take mine too. <laughs> take yours too. It's from the people, John. It's embrace it. It's from that's the true, people. That's true. On a Twitch, 
Ramona the dragon says, yay, get to share my six month streak with my queen, Miss Nina Turner and John the Prince. That was promised, loving the show, much love <laughs> from the UK. You're the prince and I'm the queen, I'm liking that. I like that I like power it. dynamic a whole lot. Okay, I'll take it, I'll take Just it. It's the it. one monarchy I'm in support of. <laughs> Me too, if, if, if there has to be one. I need to be the queen. And from Twitch, Ramona the Dragon says, you get to share my six month. Oh, wait a minute, I already read it. I wanted to read that again. I was so excited, I wanted to read that one again. <laughs> On YouTube Super Chat, Not Equip says, Nina and John burning it up just as expected. Thanks to all of you for supporting TYT. Thank you for all of your wonderful comments. Now, after the show today, I want you to head on over to Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash TYT for a deep dive with Jordan, you all. Can you do that? Go ahead, support, support Jordan, Jordan, you all. All right, Republicans, false fucking point. It come up no surprise to you, they have a whole lot. So Republicans will do anything to win, to obtain power. You know the saying, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely, the GOP will lie about crime, about inflation and about taxes. Let's see what the great former United States Labor Secretary, the one and only Dr. Robert Reich had to say in his op-ed in The Guardian, shall we? Let's break down the lie, let's take a look at this. So the first crime, the first false point, false Republican talking point, this is the first one, crime, is rising because Democrats have been quote soft on crime. So Dr. Robert Reich is laying that out. That, that's the first from them. Per AmericanProgress.org, violent crime rose about 28% from 2019 to 2020. But gun homicides rose about 35%. And what is the driver of this increase? Hmm, could it be? The easy availability of guns, that just might be it. Dr. Robert Rice says the lack of police funding, that's what the Republicans would say. Baloney, that's what he said, baloney. Democratic run major cities spend about 38% more on policing per person than Republican run cities. And 80% of the largest cities increased police funding from 2019 to 2022. Go ahead and lay down the facts, Dr. Reich, because we all can have our own opinions, but baby, we can't have our own set of facts. So I'm glad that Dr. Reich is kind of walking us through this with the truth. Uh, the think tank, The Third Way, found that in 2020 per capita murder rates were 40% higher in the states where uh, the states won by President Donald Trump. Now I'm no fan of third way, John. I'm gonna put that out there right now. Mm -hmm. No fan of them whatsoever. But this fact is in fact a fact. So let's look at the graphic here, the average murder rate. We're looking at that, put that back up, please. The average murder rate is 40% higher in the Trump voting states. Let's underline that, let's underscore that, let's exclamation point it, even though it came from third way. I'm throwing a whole lot of shade, John, because they were wicked mm -hmm. towards me. Uh, during my run for Congress, but that's another story for another time. Let me just go on and vent and tell the truth about that. Uh, Republicans are lying about the real cause of rising crime to protect 
their patrons. And who are their patrons? So glad you asked. Gun manufacturers. Oh, yeah. That's who they're protecting. Their owner donors. The second lie by Republicans, inflation. They don't tell the truth about that. So what's false? The false talking point from the Republicans. Inflation is due to Biden's spending and wage increases. That's what they say. And here's the truth. It's clear who is really responsible for inflation. I know exactly who Dr. Reich is gonna say, but let's put up what he said. The major domestic cause of the current inflation is big corporations that have been talking, excuse me, taking advantage of inflation by raising their prices higher than their increasing costs. The biggest domestic culprits are big corporations using inflation as an excuse to raise prices above their cost increasing increases, resulting in near record profits. John, I gotta let you in here right now before I get to the other lies. You know what? There was a CEO recently who praised inflation. He said he was praying for inflation because that gave him the opportunity to increase prices. Never let a good, never let a, a, a good story uh, uh, get get in the way of the big lie. And that is exactly what, well, another big lie. We've got many big lies coming from the Republicans. <laughs> but this is in fact, very big lie. Yeah, yeah, that's a great case of, uh, you know, sometimes they, they tell you exactly who they are. And sometimes they will admit that they, they like to use inflation. It's interesting, it's, it's nice cover that they can uh, use to push for the sort of price increases that they'd want anyway. They like when wages are pushed down. Uh, they like rising unemployment because it gives them more power. I mean, these are who they are, it's indisputable that those things, that they're incentivized to want those things. But sometimes they'll just come out and admit it. Um, but honestly, the way that you just broke down those two uh, false talking points that they've been uh, spreading, it just makes me think that here at TYT we're wasting a lot of our time because I know I know you and I know Jr. and I know Jake and Anna and I know how much they prepare and research and care about what they say and and want to get the facts right and want to get the arguments they make right and that's just seemingly a big waste of time. You can just make up stuff and it doesn't even matter. You can say that prices are increasing because two years ago we gave people a bit of stimulus. Doesn't make any sense, it's not a policy that's continued, but we're just gonna go with it because that's convenient. You can say that defunding the police is the cause of crime, even though it's obviously not the case that basically anywhere in the country that actually happened. In fact, spending is up. And if more police on the streets was a solution to violent crime, then why is there any left after literally decades of ever increasing numbers of police and funding for them? They're driving through city streets in tanks better suited for rural Ukraine right now than an advanced democracy. And yet that hasn't stopped the crime from happening. So. Look, we can point to a lot of different actual contributing factors to these with with the availability of guns. It's almost certainly affecting the amount of crime. The difficult economic times that we've just been through certainly are contributing as well. But but when it comes to the crime, when it comes to the inflation, it is just convenient right now for the Republicans to blame the Democrats. And we know that if Trump had won in 2020, they would not be like marching in front of the cameras right now and saying we really have to own up to the fact that we're in charge. And so I guess it's our fault. It's just, this is a convenient political thing. It's the onus is on us as people who care about the truth to look into the actual facts as you're doing right here. That is exactly right. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And the GOP definitely have 
a good story, but not a whole lot of truth. And the bottom line is that they are doing nothing, particularly in Congress, to ease the pressure on the everyday citizen of this country. They run from policies that ease the pressure on everyday citizens in this nation. Let's go back, I wanna stick with the inflation, John. So we know that the, the corporate greed, excessive greed is driving up inflation. It is the major driver. I want you to take a look at this graphic. US corporate profits soar with margins at widest since 1950. So while everybody else is suffering, the big fat cat CEOs or dogs, if you want, cats, dogs, pick them. <laughs> but the fat cats are making all like bandits while everybody else is suffering. Right now, they are. So, US corporate profits soar with margins at widest since 1950. Republicans are lying again to protect their other owner donors. And that that's the corporate forces. So the third lie that they told as laid out by Dr. Robert Reich in this op-ed, IRS, IRS agents are coming to get the people. So Democrats voted to hire an army of IRS agents who will audit and harass the middle class. This is what the Republicans are putting out because they have no big ideas. They will not take a position on standing up for the people in this country. So all they can lean on is scare tactics. We lie, we lie, we lie. And when we're done lying, we lie some more. And if those lies don't work, we continue to lie. That is exactly what they're doing. So Democrats tried to fix something that Republicans broke on purpose, according to Dr. Robert Reich. The Inflation Reduction Act passed in July provides funding to begin to get IRS staffing back to what it was before 2010, after which Republicans diminished staff by roughly 30%, despite increases since then in the number of Americans filing tax returns. So the IRS will not increase audit rates for people making under $400,000 a year. That's not what they're doing. The IRS needs extra resources to critique to go after, to audit, maybe I shouldn't say the word go after, John, but to audit, guess who? Ultra, ultra wealthy. That is what the increase in the numbers of the IRS employees were, to give them more power, be able to do the necessary work to audit ultra wealthy, John. I'm perfectly fine with go after. <laughs> I think if they're breaking the law, and we know that they are to the tunes of billions and billions of dollars every year, then they deserve to have someone going after them. Yeah, and look, in terms of who they're going to be targeting, like if you're a regular person, and maybe you've listened to some of the right wing framing on this topic, it should not be difficult to understand why they're not going to be increasing audits for those making less than $400,000. There's no economic incentive to do that. Like yes, there could be tax evasion to some extent from people who don't have a lot of money. But necessarily, it's not gonna be that much tax evasion because they don't have that much money. And so it's inefficient to focus on them when the returns for the IRS would be so low. But for the ultra wealthy who don't, like it's not, we're not talking about small sums of money. We're not talking about them doing their own taxes. They don't hire tons of tax lawyers just for the fun of it. They do it to figure out how to maximize their gain. And think about if you were a rich person, 
And you had been successfully pushing for politicians on both sides of the aisle, but mainly Republicans to lower the funding to the IRS. And now suddenly it was gonna go up. What would you do? Obviously you don't want that, you wanna stop it from happening. You're not gonna say, well, I don't want this to happen because now they're gonna find out I've been breaking the law. That's hardly gonna fly. You might say that we can't afford it, but that's a pretty easy lie to knock down when you show that the rate of return for the funding is gonna be several times over. So you have to deflect and say, this isn't about me. I'm not worried about me, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about them going after you. It's so transparent. And and unfortunately, I'm not sure how many people, like I think it's that, that, that their narrative has gotten through to a lot of people because I posted something on Twitter about uh, corporate price, price gouging. And there were a ton of people in the replies who seemed to believe that corporations could do no wrong, would do no wrong. They would never take advantage of a situation like this. And that is just madness to me. I don't understand how people could have learned to buy that garbage. It is it is maddening, John, it really is. So we want our viewers to know the truth and please spread the word. Read Dr. Robert Reich's op-ed in The Guardian. It is full of nuggets that will help you be able to have a real conversation. And please don't fall, don't fall, don't fall for the okie doke, the technical term. Do not <laughs> fall for the banana in the tailpipe that the Republicans are putting out there. Don't do it, please don't do it. Now on to something else that is vitally important, the Jackson water crisis. Jackson, Mississippi to be exact, and we don't want you to forget about what is happening there. So three things Unboss will focus on are clean water, clean air, and clean food. We're gonna continue to do that because people need these things, the basics, the basics to live. We're not even going fancy when we talk about clean air, clean water, clean food. It is really about the basics. So residents are still bearing the brunt of the water crisis, which took hold of the area following a breakdown of the city's water pump systems. Sadly, things have gotten much worse. So here is, before we go deeper, it's important to understand how all of this started. So here's a quick breakdown from a Washington Post article because I want you to remember what got us to this point in Jackson. So in 2021, a harsh winter storm knocked the system out for a month. Even when water is flowing from the taps, residents struggle with intermittent boil water advisories and high bills for water that is not always safe to drink. We wanna fast forward to September of this year, this week in part because of severe floods. The treatment plant failed completely, leaving the city's residents without water to drink, bathe, or even to flush their toilets. Sisters and brothers and family and friends, we talking again about the basics. And this decline of infrastructure, because this is really a failure of infrastructure, has been going on for decades. This is not new, and especially because of racist policies that do not treat cities where there is a majority black population or majority of color the same. So Mississippi has a long history of white political leaders purposefully and sometimes illegally steering needed funding away from black communities. In response, black Mississippians have demanded access to clean water and public services, recognizing that these are fundamental civil rights. This is a fundamental civil rights issue. And history really does repeat itself and oftentimes some of the most rotten parts of history. And leaders 
like Governor Tate Reeves, who has failed the people of Jackson, made fun of their plight. Take a look at this. I tell you, it is a great day to be in Hattiesburg. It's also, as always, a great day to not be in Jackson. Um, The audacity of this governor, I mean, really, he's the governor of the entire state. But in that clip, he didn't he didn't comport himself as such. And he doesn't seem, John, to have the fierce urgency. And now we said folks don't have access to water. Water is needed to live. I mean, we're not again, this is not a luxury. So the audacity of him who has had a long running grudge against Jackson, let's put this up. Years before people in Jackson were recently left without running water for several days, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves claimed to have helped block money to fund the water system repairs in that city. That city is the capital. Let me remind you, Jackson is the capital. And whether it's the capital or not, still, it's important to know that. As, as Reeves claimed that Mississippi political leaders he cited his opposition to financially helping the capital as evidenced by his fiscal conservatism. John, please help me understand yeah. this. The video that you just showed is, is a great example of how this side loves to declare the other side un-American, not sufficiently patriotic. If you're not constantly saying nice things about America, you should probably just leave. Even though they've called their entire movement "Make America Great Again," implying that there's something lacking there right now. Um, but when they say that, they mean something very specific. They don't mean America like the whole America. They mean parts of America where, like, generally you're surrounded by people with a similar shade of skin as you. They love writing off whole parts of the country, cities, uh, you know, more so than perhaps any other. And so that's how you get to a situation like this. They don't prioritize the infrastructure of places that they consider bad or distasteful. Um, and then when the problem actually exists, they can joke about it. It's difficult for other people to joke about it because it's a tragedy, an ongoing one. And I'm so glad that, that you and the show are focusing on this because while thankfully and kind of semi surprisingly, the, the situation there actually did make national news, that is very much in the past tense. And while the problem yes. remains, the news trucks have moved on and it's not really shocking. Like. It makes one wonder if this was Austin, would it be irrelevant? Would the media not be talking about it? If it was Boston, I don't know. Like it just it seems convenient and easy for the media to briefly check in on this, talk about it, and then move away before water service is resumed while people are still at risk of getting sick from the water, assuming that they're getting anywhere, that they could still be getting sick from it. It's just disgusting. You would hope that we would be better than this, that we would that we would band together that we could solve this problem. But but apparently we either don't have the will or the, the desire to spread the resources. So true, John, it is disgusting indeed. It reminds me a lot of what happened in Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan was the canary in the coal mine. And we see now Jackson, Mississippi, there are other areas in this nation that are not talked about at all that have contaminated water or soil. So this is something that we all need to pay attention to because but by the grace of God, there goes any of us any day at any moment that could be us. Now Jackson did receive some federal funding this year. I wanna make sure that people understand that Jackson garners 20 million in federal legislation for water woes. But when you are in a crisis like this, seconds matter, minutes matter. Moments matter. 
And we have no time to waste on this. So every single elected leader needs to comport themselves as if their hair is on fire. Or better yet, comport themselves like it is them, their children, or their mama or daddies that is lacking access to clean water. Jackson, Mississippi, baby, we sending you love and we are going to keep lifting your story. Yes, we are. And shout out to Mayor Lumumba doing the best that he can under these kinds of circumstances. Don, I'm hot about this. I'm hopping mad about this. So we're going to stay tuned on this. And speaking of staying tuned, we want you to stay tuned as well. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. And we are back. I want to thank everyone who is tuning in right now. Please do not forget to hit the like button and talk about this show with your friends and even your frenemies. Tell them to come on and subscribe to Unbossed, share it on all your social media. I want to also let you know that TYT is raising money to help relief for relief in Jackson. So you can go to tyt.com slash relief. That is tyt.com slash relief. If you want to do something to help our sisters and brothers and our family and friends in Jackson, Mississippi, go to tyt.com slash relief. Can you do that for us? Now, John, we're going to go into some comments from our viewers. My favorite part of the show. Vita says, Americans are ODing. Owner donors are killing us. I think that was good. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> On Twitch, Auntie Dragon says, this show is the voice we needed. Black Pearl Dragon just tearing it up. Go ahead on Auntie Dragon, I, I received that. And on our YouTube Super Chat, Panic Boo says, how about cracking down on actual crimes like finance crimes that actually affect everyday Americans? How about that Panic Boo? I'm with you on that. I really, really am. So here we go, radioactive waste. Now radioactive waste would be horrible anywhere, but it is especially so at an elementary school. So going from one health crisis to another, radioactive waste was found at an elementary school in St. Louis, Missouri, in an area where nuclear weapons were produced during the Second World War. And WW2 having an effect on elementary school children's children in St. Louis, Missouri. So a report by Boston Chemical Data Corporation provided alarming details. So take a look at this. The report, the report confirmed fears about contamination at Jana Elementary School in the Hazelwood School District. And it was raised by a previous Army Corps of Engineers study. The new report is based on samples taken in August from the school, according to St. Louis Post-Dispatch. The most recent report included samples taken from Jana's library, from the kitchen, from classrooms, from the fields and playgrounds. Levels of radioactive isotope, lead, 2010, uranium, and other toxins were, quote, far in excess of what Boston Chemical had expected. Dust samples taken inside the school were found to be contaminated. So here we're talking about the soil. Lots of places in this country unfortunately have contaminated 
soil, John, we're talking about, we just talked about water. And so naturally the parents were shocked. I would be shocked too if I was a parent of a student attending Jana Elementary School. And so this is what one parent had to say, actually the president of the teacher association. She said, I was heartbroken, heartbroken. And she has a son at the school as well. It sounds so cliche, but it takes your breath from you. Totally agree with Ashley on that. And she's not exaggerating. This is backed up by the experts such as the civil engineers. They're backing up what is being said and the concerns of the parents. I need you to watch this. If we inhale some of these radioactive materials, they can actually get stored in our bodies where they're a hazard to us for many years. Stored in our bodies where they are a hazard to us for many years. Did you hear what he just said? So this is real, the fears are real and the concerns are real. And here's more from the EPA on the long-term effects of such exposure. High levels of radiation can cause acute health effects such as skin burns and acute radiation syndrome, that is radiation sickness. It can also result in long-term health effects such as cancer and cardiovascular disease. Don, this is serious. Yeah, it is. You know, when the news gets this dark, my general inclination is to make light of it in some way, but it is difficult to do that when it comes to kids being stricken potentially with some sort of radiation poisoning, let alone that it could cause long term damage. You initially hear this and you think, oh my God, this is such a tragedy that kids are being affected by this. But then you think about it for a little bit longer and you think, oh, wait. They have been being affected by this for decades and decades and decades because they didn't develop those nukes in 2013. That was a long time ago. And also, by the way, I'm glad that they're doing the testing that they're doing right now to confirm, I guess, suspicions that were probably being driven by cancer clusters and things like that. But it's not like we don't know where nukes were developed and it's not like they were developed in thousands of places. Are you telling me that it takes 70 or 80 years to schedule a test at one of these sites? We know all of the places where they built them. Why are they not all being tested? Why were they not all tested literally decades ago? Multiple generations of people have gone through those schools already and then gone off and lived their lives and probably suffered from chronic illness and cancer and early death and those sorts of things with no knowledge of why exactly that happened. And all of the knowledge that we needed to have was already available. All you need is a local government or a state government or a federal government that cares enough to actually prioritize it. This should be the springboard to test literally every site where nuclear weapons technology was known to be developed back in the run up to World War II. And we should make sure that no other kids are needlessly suffering from these sorts of illnesses. That's exactly right, John, and why in the hell did they build on the site in the first place? Inquiring minds want to know, it it makes no sense. And as we can see from the studies, from the research, this is going to have impact on these children as children, but this will have impact on them for the rest of their lives. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years down the road. So this is something that again, we all, each and every one of us should be concerned about, we will definitely keep our eye on this. So President Obama says 
Dems are buzzkill. That's what the former president said. He recently went on an episode of Pod Save America and said that Democrats can be, quote, a buzzkill with their campaign messaging. Let's discuss this, shall we? Come with me. So we're so close to the midterm elections and Democrats are bracing to likely lose their majority in the House. Last Friday on Pod Save America, President Barack Obama talked about how he used to get in trouble for being too professional. Which he means standing behind a lectern and talking about policy in a theoretical way that didn't directly connect with voters. He went going on to say, he went on to say, that's how people think about these issues. They think about them in terms of, you know, the life I'm leading day to day. How does politics, how is it even relevant to the things that I care about the most? My family, my kids, work that gives me satisfaction, having fun, not being a buzzkill, right? You know what? A buzzkill? Not being able to live. I think that that kills a whole lot of buzzes, John. Here's a breakdown of how many people are homeless in each state. Let's take a look at this. I think this kills buzz. About a half a million people are unhoused in this country. Every single day, there's somebody sleep sidewalk or at a shelter every single night in these United States of America, a hegemon nation we are. And people are going without the basics. So this chart definitely shows an uptick in the households that are suffering from being from homelessness. And also there's a lot of suffering going on that people don't have enough food to eat John. Yeah. Yeah, look, I get, I get what he's, I get what he's trying to say. Um, it's obviously a difficult problem to fix in terms of how you campaign. I mean, one of the things that's sort of handicapping the Democrats in this particular way is that uh, some of us feel the need to actually talk about and try to fix real problems, and real problems are buzzkills. When you don't care about fixing real problems, you can dwell in a total fantasy land where the only things people need to worry about are people drinking adrenochrome or the drag queen story hour over there or whatever. Like, I guess that's fun and entertaining for right wingers. It doesn't actually bear on the real crises that face us as a society, let alone as a planet. Um, but I would also remind him, if we're gonna talk about who's being buzzkills, I get that the Democrats sometimes talk about policy and it gets wonky and that's a little bit boring, I suppose. But I don't know, the Republicans wanna ban sex toys and pornography. They don't think you should be able to smoke marijuana. And if a movie comes out with a female action star, they pee their pants. These people are the true buzzkills. They don't want you to have any fun or pleasure in your life. We want you to have access to that fun and pleasure. We want you to have the resources and the freedom to actually enjoy it. We just also don't want you to needlessly die along the way. And that can be a little bit depressing, but it's also attached to reality. And so I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, it is, John. And and also with the GOP, the Little Mermaid can't be black. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Can't Buzz be. Buzz kill on the mermaids. Buzz kill. Buzz kill. And let's put <laughs> up the, the graph really quickly showing the food insecurity. A US food insecurity ticks up during the pandemic. 
definitely know that to be true, it is a real issue. So today on the show, we are talking about water, we're talking about soil, we're talking about the need to ensure that people have enough food to eat. All of these things are real, John, as you laid out, and those are the true buzz kills. Not being able to have clean water, clean food, clean air, yeah, that would kill yeah. a buzz. And we have to do something about that, we can do something about that. And speaking of doing something about that and other matters, we are now on to the jawbone. Just a reminder, the wishbone, the jawbone and the backbone, the story from my maternal grandmother, the wishbone is for hoping and praying. The jawbone gives you courage to speak truth, to lift your voice. And the backbone gives you the courage to stand. We are focusing in on the jawbone. And for today's jawbone, none other than the abolitionist, humanitarian, freedom fighter himself, the great Frederick Douglass. And he once said, where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any one class is made to feel that society is an organized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither persons nor property will be safe. Go ahead, Frederick Douglass, those are timeless words. And really what he is saying is that each and every one of us are indelibly linked. And if one of us does not have, none of us have. If one of us are suffering, all of us are suffering, we are connected. And unless and until we ensure that all of our sisters and brothers and family and friends, both in this country around the globe, have the liberty and the freedom that they need to live their best lives, their greatest greatness, then none of us, absolutely none of us can be comfortable and none of us can be safe. So we are going to take Frederick Douglass's words to heart and continue to fight for freedom. So you know, now it is time to end the show and I so much want you to keep the faith, but more importantly, I want you to keep the fight. I'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.